Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. Liverpool 3, Arsenal 1. What did you think of that game? So honestly, the word that comes to mind for me is businesslike. I felt like Liverpool players came in with a job to do, and they did the job. Yeah. I think that the last two games we played against Mikel Arteta's Arsenal could have ended up this way, if not for a little bit of luck. So the game we played at the Emirates towards the end of last season, essentially we could have won 5-0, but we just gave them two goals and we didn't have our scoring boots on. But they, they, they played the same tactics as they just they did today. They were a little bit more expansive in the community shield, but uh, today they just they were playing their game and win or lose, Arteta told Arsenal to just keep playing the way that they're playing. And we, 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 we took advantage of that. So there was, I would say, some maybe good luck or bad luck, whatever you want to look at it, going both ways. I mean, we did hit the crossbar. We did get some unlucky deflections. The score We could have scored a lot more than three. And that being said, uh, they should have scored more than one. I mean, their one goal was a lucky bounce. No, no two ways about it. But they could have, you know, they had a couple chances in on Allison one-on-one. So they probably should have at least scored one of those. So there was some luck well, going both ways. One of them ways. was offside. Agreed. One of them was offside. Can I just say, honestly, I'm so tired of this delayed offside. Because what if that guy blasts the ball, hits Allison in the face, he goes down, and now all of a sudden we don't have a goalie for an offside play? Yeah, and it's it's a lot worse this year because now they don't even raise their flag; they just wait until the play is over. And apparently, if it goes out for a corner, they'll they'll keep playing. They will not call the offside. So I'm not really sure. But like, it's one thing to say it's not offside; like we're not going to whistle it down. But if it goes out for a corner or something like that, you know what? Play it like you thought it was. Don't play it like well, we're just going to let the play proceed. Because if I was a forward, I'd just go offside right away. I'd let him raise his flag, and then I'd just kick it out, out of bounds. Why not? I'm going to get a free, I'm going to get a free corner out of it. Yeah, right? I'll have to check that rule, but that's what I heard. But it, it does sound kind of ludicrous. So I did see that after Allison had made the save, the guy raised his flag. And I'm like, that's just like, if you think it's offside, raise your flag. The goal, The ref can choose if he blows it or not. Do you know which actual problem that that new rule is trying to solve? What's the purpose of just waiting, 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 and then raising it? Yes. So the the purpose is they don't want uh, an offside. Uh, They don't want, say you're not offside and you could have had a chance or scored. They don't want to rob you of that chance by a bad call. So they want to let the play develop and continue. And if you score then they'll look at it and say if it was offside. If you don't score, then they let it go on, which is insane if you ask me. That's, that's madness. Yeah. Like exactly. I, I know it's it it's been that way for like Champions League for I don't know a couple of years, and they decided to adopt it now here. So I just it, it it makes no sense if you ask me. I'm wildly disappointed by it. But um, that that whole thing aside. Good game for Liverpool, other than, you know, a, a couple of poor defensive assignments. I thought overall it was a, a solid game. And and frankly, I'm going to, you know, this may sound like, you know, hyperbole. But honestly, after this game, I now look and I'm like, I don't know who's beating us for the league. 
I agree. So I always thought that if we start the season well, we're going to win the league, right? So I, I kind of said if we win our first five games, then the league is ours because we would have built up the necessary momentum, uh, regained some muscle memory, and then we'll just continue doing our thing. Um, and I also said that if Man City doesn't start well, then we would win the league as well. But for me, it's more than just Man City. I mean, we play Chelsea, we play Arsenal. And nobody in their right mind could have watched those games and think that those two teams are in the same class. Right. So, I mean, Arsenal has got some good players. They're doing some good things. Chelsea has some good young talent. They're doing some good things. But it's it's when they played Liverpool, you saw two different classes of teams. So the only the only risk right now is I read that the the teams are going to take a vote as to what to do if COVID disrupts the season. So I think we just have to hope that we get to at least two thirds, which is would be 25 games or so, 25, 25. Um, Something like played. that. Mm-hmm. Um, so 26 games actually, I think would be just over okay. two thirds. Um, but I agree with you, but I mean, I suspect that they will, try to find a way to continue the games. I mean, you look at, at Man City and, you know, they had a couple of guys with COVID. So those guys just didn't play and the games continued. So I got to believe unless, you know, the whole team is out, just certain players are going to have to be sat. So that might affect us. But honestly, I mean, Chelsea, no. Man U, obviously not. Arsenal, no. Man City is a shadow of its former self. Um, and they've already lost the game. There are two games into the season and they've lost one. So, um, and they didn't look good in it. So, I'm honestly sitting here wondering to, to the point that I wrote that article on the forensiccop.com is um, who who's beating us? We wouldn't even need Tiago to to win this league. Um, that's where I beg to differ. I think I'm looking forward to him uh, entering the team because today you could clearly see that without him or Henderson our midfield returned to that same labored midfield is just that Arsenal didn't really have anything in attack. So it was easy for us to contain the game. However, against better teams. So even your Chelsea's, your man, man use man cities, I'd say even Everton, um, I wouldn't be comfortable with this particular midfield playing against those teams. So I would say having Henderson healthy, having Tiago will make things better easier, smarter, safer, but in no way do I really think that we would drop because it would be hard for me to believe anyone will eclipse 80 points this year. Think about Man City last year had 81 points. Is anyone going to get to that level again? So we could basically lose five more games than we did last year. So even with this labored midfield, I'm sorry, I just don't see us losing five extra games plus. So I, I just, I have a, again, I thought there might've been, you know, Chelsea came in, they got some good players, maybe Arsenal gets on something, but it's just, again, Arsenal with David Luiz in the back, they're not going to challenge, let's be honest. Man City's not looking like they should. So honestly, like this, this game almost kind of reinforced the, the concept for me that this is a championship team that's going to repeat this year, unless something horrible ha- happens and, and it might be COVID. That might be the only thing that could stop us this year. Okay, so going to the game, 
who were your standout performances? Um, so I actually think a, a lot of credit does need to go to Allison. I think he played one of his better games. Um, on the goal, he was a little bit unlucky. Um, but the rest of the way he came up, he was in good position. Um, even even the times that they didn't get a shot, he was so far out of his net to back up the defense that uh, you know he was he was an extremely valuable player on on the team. And again, another goalie in net. I don't know if the game wouldn't have been a lot closer, or maybe we would have found ourselves down at some point. What about you? Yeah, I, I agree with Allison. I think that the, the penalty save last week really helped him regain his confidence because he was probably second guessing himself because he has not been in the best form. Um, like we mentioned, that was his first save in 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 the two games, um, and so he definitely looked like the Allison of the previous two years prior to the lockdown, and uh, he was his self his imposing self. I'm trying in to black recall. tights. In black tights. I, I was just about to ask that question. Was he wearing his black tights today? He was what? wearing. You know what? I even I even wrote it down in the 64th minute. I actually checked because I, I I was just thinking like, man, this guy is like intimidating them. He is like stopping everything. He's got to be wearing the black tights, and he did. So there might be something to that because he would have stopped wearing them around the time the of the restart, right? Yes, because it would have been a lot warmer. Right. So they should just have him wear those tights all season. Yeah, that's got to be the black outfit and the black tights has to be mandatory for him. I don't know. There's just something about every every like outstanding game is it's the black tights. I don't know why. Maybe it's just us, but I don't think so. I think it just makes him look a lot larger than he's already a, a quite large goalie and he spreads himself well. So with the tights and everything in the beard, you just see this huge space that you have to try and pass. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he did great. I will give Arsenal um, a bit of credit in the game. I thought that their pressing up front was yes. was quite good. Especially in the first half. In the first half, especially, yeah. There were times where legitimately um, our, you know, um, Van Dyke and Gomez needed to work to actually, you know, get the ball out. And so I think that they did quite a good job in that pressing. Um the one thing that I still I'm I'm just beyond myself in understanding is teams that have this like are are slaves to playing out from the back when it's clearly just not working. Yeah, the they were analyzing that after the game and suggesting that it's not a question of whether it worked in this game, but it's 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 a it it's a mentality that 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 Mikel Arteta wants to impose. And he just wants to drill it into them that that this is how you play out from the back. And because they're just learning it and they don't have the most skillful defenders, they will make mistakes and they kept giving us back the ball. But then we could see that the one goal they had came from them playing out from the back. Well, I mean, you do it enough times. But that being said, they gave us more chances from the back than they got. Right. They and, just don't have the right players for that. And... And I don't know, at some point, you just have to really think like, I know, you know, Arteta is a, a, from the uh, pep school of, of coaching. So, you know, playing small little passes out from the back is probably like the thing of dreams for him. But at some point, I guess I, I would have thought as you get later in the game, you're in a 2-1 game, you got 10 minutes left, and this has clearly not been working. It's no longer about education. 
or training. It's about, let's try to get a point here, you know? And it was just, it, it made no sense to me. I agree. I was surprised that they, they, they didn't really seem to be up for it in trying to equalize. It was almost as if they, and, and I was actually concerned about this game coming into it because we've lost our last two games against Arsenal and um, there are no fans in the stadium. Usually we, we, we brush them aside at Anfield and I was concerned for this game. So I was happy that they didn't seem to want to um, push for the, an equalizer or even to push to, to, to win the game at all. No, the, I was actually kind of shocked. They played like a bottom of the table team trying to salvage a point from kickoff. Exactly. And and I'm kind of surprised with the talent they have up front. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of their players, but there is definitely talent up front. Um, I'm surprised that they took such a defensive posture. There was one point that I got to tell you, um, they were playing out from the back and Liverpool was pressing. And Gomez recovered like a kick out that was he was in the final third like we basically had everyone pushed up into the final third when they had the ball because they had nobody up front it was it was just shocking they they i mean they weren't sitting back maybe as much as other teams but they kind of were it was it was i guess i didn't expect that when two top six teams play you'd like to think both teams think they can win and it didn't look that way today yeah, and it, it also didn't look like one of those games where we just played so well that they couldn't have the ball. They they gave us the ball and just sat back and let us do what we wanted with it. So it was it was I wouldn't even say we played very well. We were just playing our normal discipline self and eventually we will break them down, right? But we didn't even have to get in, into second gear. So yeah, it it, it like I said, it looked business like we knew what we needed to do and we did it. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just rewatching parts of it and it looks like they're almost playing a, a five, four, one at times. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that's a little bit shocking uh, when they do come up, they quickly run back. A lot of the action was just in their half. They, they, it, I think it was the 28th minute. I even wrote it down when they finally took control of the ball and started passing it around in our half. And then quickly we pressed them to go back into their half. And then that didn't happen for a while again. Like it was very one-sided and, and possession shows it, right? We had two thirds of possession. Yeah. So, I mean, we had two thirds of possession and, and we had a lot more chances. We had 21 shots to four. <laughs> so it was, it was a very one-sided game. And I guess I wouldn't have expected that. No. So our, Defense, Trent and Robertson were Oof. just Trent and Robertson. Well, I mean, Robertson was at fault for the goal. Yes, he was. Um, I'm not exactly sure what he was trying to do. I, I guess he was trying to trap the ball and then run with it, but he he wasn't quite focused. But kudos to him for being in the position to to score the equalite or the winning the 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 winning goal. Yeah, I mean, I I want to say like if there was a. a a game I'm glad he scored. It was this game because, you know, his his error on the back end, as, as any top player, that's going to irk you. And so knowing that you then turn it around and got a goal back, um, even if your team didn't need it or did need it or whatever, it's just, it's it's nice when it happens in the same game for them. Right. So yeah, I'm, I, was, I am I happy with that. I was also happy that 
Joe Gomez was back in the defense because the Arsenal attackers are quite quick. And so, so we needed his partnership with Van Dyke to play the high line. Yeah. And man, there was a time that, uh, 92nd minute when they had a chance right at the end of the game. Oh yes. And Gomez just tracked back and it's just like, I mean, it's, it's, it's like he's going just, he's like on fast forward and everybody else is running regular speed. It's yeah. just, it's amazing. And and he's, he's playing against fast forwards. So Fabinho played well against Chelsea, but he, he plays as a defensive midfielder, right? So even the, he, he, even when he tackles, he, he doesn't slide tackle from the side. He just kind of tackles forward or I, I can't even describe the way he tackles, but he, he tackles like a midfielder. And so, um, there's some games against teams, especially like Arsenal with Aubameyang and people like that, who are, who have quick feet, where you have to be a composed, slide tackling central defender like Joe Gomez improved. Yeah, I mean he's good that way. Don't forget about the Fabinho tackle with the both hands in the air as a what did I do before before yeah. he's even made contact. Right. <laughs> he's got both hands up saying I did nothing. Um, but no, I, I agree. I'm I'm glad Gomez was back. I think I thought he looked a lot more composed and a lot more calm than he did earlier Agreed. this season, and much closer to the good Gomez that we yeah. like to see. Yeah, exactly. So whatever he he tends to go through at, at the start of seasons, hopefully that's behind him and he can continue with his um, partnership with Van Dyke. Yeah, I mean it's it's also I look at it as a as a a big positive that it's taken him, you know, not a very long time to get here. Where, you know, last year Matip had to play what five games or something. Something like that. So if he's if he figures out his, you know, beginning of the season slump faster and faster every year, you know, he's he's learning and growing as a player. That's fantastic. So I, I liked him at the back. You know, Robertson and Alexander Arnold both did well. I thought they were good. What I what I didn't love was um, some of the offsides or non offsides, the the ones where we didn't catch them in the trap. I felt like Robertson got caught out once or twice. Trent as well, and Trent as Van well. Dyke, Van Dyke was yelling at him a couple times for that. Yeah, so um, I don't I don't know that I loved that one. Um, but again, I mean, it, I guess it's kind of, it's what you get, right? That's, that's who they are. They're not going to be perfect, but, but they played quite well too. Yeah. Um, so on the forward line, what'd you think of the three front, the front three? Um, Mane was, was brilliant. He, he, he's, he's becoming, or he is our most reliable forward player. He, so he reliable was, for sure. I would say the most consistent. So consistent, but here's my worry. I'm starting to legitimately worry he's going to get red carded soon. He got a yellow in two minutes. <laughs> yes, I know. But he, because I think we've been saying that for a long time now, where he always gets a yellow and we were kind of concerned, but he always seems to compose himself. But that's probably part of the reason why Klopp decided to take him off at the end. Yeah, I can believe that. Uh, the one thing that I will say um, on his goal, on the first goal for Liverpool, um, I was screaming at the ref to call the the foul on Saha when he just blatantly pulled uh, Keita down. From, like, that's a card. Like, that you can legitimately injure a guy. Um, and so 
I was yelling at him to call the foul because it was in a great position. But kudos to the ref for keeping it going and playing advantage. Yeah, exactly. And it, and I don't know how Mosala was able to swivel around the defender, but um, it's because it's an Arsenal defender. Yeah, true. And like and and I hate to like I'm I'm not even saying it to be mean, but it's it's just a different class of defender, unfortunately. They're they're not where they need to be on the forward line. I can see where they, you know, they've got some some class on the back line. It's just it's not there. Yeah. Um. So I mean, in terms of uh, uh the the goal for for Mane, what did you think of uh of his positioning? I was actually kind of impressed. He followed it very well. It almost seems. It's and I know we talked about this last game. It seems like him, uh, Mane, and Salah are, are starting to click again. Yeah, yeah, you, you you can see continued signs of that. Um, Firmino is he he is still a little bit lax, and in the second half he was almost playing like a central midfielder. Uh, I'm not sure. I was trying to figure out if he actually changed the position or if he was just dropping deep as he always does. But he spent a lot of time in the center there. I'm so I will comment on Salah and Mane because I can see what they're doing. I'm not entirely sure what Firmino's doing. I'm not entirely um comfortable with his performances. Maybe it's Klopp asking him something, but from what I'm seeing, he's not doing enough on the field. Like he's not influencing the play enough. The one thing I will say is that he does get involved in key plays. So I agree for the most part, he, he tends to be wandering and absent and a little bit uh, casual, but he does make key passes that lead up to really good chances. Um, whether or not it's worth having him on the field for 90 minutes for those few opportunities is, is an entirely different question. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I, I'm maybe harder on him than I should be. That being said, we always knew his value was never in scoring goals. Right. Right. He was a great link-up player. I just feel like he's not linking up as much as he used to be. And I feel like there are times that, you know, the game can go for like 20 minutes before I realize he's on the field. I think, especially with the midfield that we had today with Keita, Fabinho, and Wijnaldum, there wasn't much drive. And so he, whether it's on instruction or just naturally, he, he'll, he'll tend to, to drop deep and try to be that link. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him play a full 90 with Thiago because he will not have to do that. Yeah, but you would have thought that Keita would have provided some of that link up. Yeah, I've noticed that Keita doesn't play as good when he's playing with two non-forward-thinking non players. Um, it's almost as if we depend or we're relying too much on him. It's it's possible that the other team can cue on him because they know that Genie and uh, Fab aren't really going to link up with the forwards, so they yeah. can focus on him more. I mean, there were times where I saw him try to make stuff happen, uh, similar to the goal when Zaha pulled him down. He was getting assaulted by Zaha and David Luiz at the same time. Like he can, they can give a lot of attention to him just because they don't need to pay a lot of attention to Fab and to Genie. Right. So maybe that's it. Um, one thing that I did notice is in the 53rd minute, um, they had, I mean, I wouldn't call it a great chance, but they had a chance. It was um, just outside. It had come just outside our box. The ball was being passed over. And uh, 
And Salah came from all the way his forward position to break that up. And so I'm, you know me, I'm always a big fan of seeing these guys come back on those plays because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an 11 man game and I like to see that from them. Yeah, he is playing a more all around game so far this season. And it, it is it is exciting seeing himself and Sadio Mane um, hitting tough form so early because they're only just going to get sharper and better. Yeah, I, I feel like Mane has always been more two-way. But again, that could have been, as you said, because Klopp instructed Salah to stay up. But if Salah's telling, if uh, if Klopp is telling Salah to come back and, he, and it looks like that might be what's going on, um, and to your point, if he's staying as sharp as, as he looks right now, um, you know, a full season of both of them uh, going end to end, becoming more involved in the plays. I mean, this this bodes well. Yeah. What do you think of Diogo Jota? So I was actually really excited to see him come on because um, I guess I wanted to see him. So I've I had some worries about him coming to us simply because. You know, he had actually been dropped from his own side and the Wolves um, at the beginning of the season. He wasn't even included there. And so I was wondering if maybe, you know, he'd slipped a bit in training or something. But I got to be honest, he came on and in a similar way to Tiago, I thought he fit in much more quickly than I've seen other players fit in. Yeah, I, I agree. It was, it was it's as if he he was he's just made for this team yeah right. so there was there was a play I don't know if you remember it the 84th minute where where Jota almost kind of got in the way of Salah for a ball um when they were both kind of getting on the end of a pass so that's the kind of thing where playing with someone you get to know them better but other well, than it was, that it was, it was the other way around it was actually Mosala that I don't know why he interrupted I'm I'm sorry. Are you are you trying to convince anybody in the world that Salah doesn't get every ball in the box? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I think the better positioned player was Jota, but Salah's not giving those up. Yeah. Um. So, um. But it could have been something as simple as Salah didn't expect Jota to be there. Right. So all I'm saying is, as they get to know each other, it'll look even better. But, I mean, I guess I've been very used to looking at players and thinking. You know, it takes them three to six months to understand Klopp's system. But you look at Thiago last game, admittedly, it wasn't against the top team and we had 10 men against 11. Um, but Jota and Thiago don't look like they're going to need that time. So I was I was very encouraged by what I saw. I thought he was desperate to get a goal. Yeah. I'll uh, be honest, sure. he, was, he was trying a little hard and I'm very happy he got his goal because I think now he can settle down a bit. It takes the pressure off, right? Yeah, for sure. But I'll, I'll be honest. At the end of the game, I kind of leaned back and I said, I don't know if there's a, a place for Origi anymore. Yeah, that's that's that w- that's what my next question was going to be. I don't. And see... you know, I love Origi. Yes, there. I, I think that there, there'll only be few scenarios where, let's say, we're either we're chasing a goal. Um, or we're going for a win, and we have Origi and Jota on the bench. There, will, there's only a few scenarios where Origi would be chosen, and in particular, if we want to hit them on the break, or if we want to use his height for corners. Otherwise, yeah, from even from this short cameo, I can see how 
Jota is a more like-for-like replacement for Mane or Salah. Mane so, because he plays on the left. Yeah, so it's it's not even, and I and I'm I don't want to put down Origi. It could just be as simple as the system doesn't suit him because Origi feels like he comes in and he's largely not involved or largely doesn't affect play. And then he has that moment or two where he does something magical. Whereas Jota just felt like he was part of the play the whole time. Yeah. The, the only, th- the only thing that, that about Origi is that he, he does guarantee you, he has a good goals return, but he doesn't influence the rest of the play. So, so he has a phenomenal goals return. The minutes he plays and the goals he gives you, right. those are some truly terrifying statistics, but he doesn't influence play and you don't know what you get day to day. Exactly. Because he could, he can, you know, pull out a magic goal like he's done, or he could come in for five straight games and not even get your shot on that. Yeah. So, so I think like we discussed on, 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 on some previous podcasts, it's really up to him whether he wants to remain at Liverpool as, as a fourth choice or even fifth choice. Strike no, I, I think after today, it'll be hard to see him as a fourth choice. And I and I I don't want to say that, but I think you know you've got your front three, and I think your next selection is is Jota for sure. And who knows, Minamino might actually be the next one after that. Minamino for for, for Mino. like for Firmino, yeah, yeah. Who knows, like because again, Minamino seems to fit into the flow better, right? Although although it took him a while, but he's he's already begun to blend in but Origi has been trying to fit in for all these years and Klopp again he will not change his formation for Origi so something has to give yeah I mean again if he's willing to sit there and play league cup games and play when guys get injured then I say you keep him because that quality of player on the bench is hard to find but and and he strikes me as a kind of player. I would not be surprised if he chose that, to be honest. If he chose to stay over guaranteed minutes elsewhere. Yeah, it seems to be his personality. He seems to be perfectly happy with that. And and that and the other thing is, don't get me wrong. If I was a player, I'd love to play. But I also would love the fact that at Liverpool, he could play not another minute for as long as he's on this team and he'll still be a hero. Right. So I, I don't know, for me, I can very much understand if he decided I want to stay here for the long run. Um, you know, he's, he's got some memorable, memorable goals. He, he had the winning goal on the night of beating um, Barca, um, you know, Champions League, Everton. Yeah. The, the Everton one, like, like a few of them spring so to mind. Newcastle. Right. So, so he's a hero, and if you just want to stay somewhere and be idolized, even though you don't get a ton of minutes, Liverpool is not a bad place to do it. Yeah, and and you'll get, let's face it, you'll get a few more medals along the way. Yeah, and and he will he will play. Klopp will well while Klopp is here, he's very loyal to his place, so he will give him minutes here or there. Oh yeah, absolutely. But again, it, it all comes down to him if he wants to stay. Right. But I mean, on on Jota. Uh, what do you think in terms of um, 
giving Mane or one of the other front three a bit more of a break than in past years. Do you think, do you see Klopp after a performance like this and, and seeing how well he meshes, do you see Klopp saying, yeah, let's play him more than I would have otherwise? Like I'll, I'll play him even though Mane or Salah might be healthy or is it still on just when those guys are off? I think it's when those guys are off or when we start playing three games in 10 days, right? That's when for sure he'll he'll begin to mix and match. But until then, I think we'll continue to see the first front three, but then he'll he'll be more um, comfortable taking Sadio Mane off at 65, let's say. Yeah, that's true. But it, it's it, it's similar. It reminds me of last year where, you know, they were talk- we were talking about how Shaq hasn't seen any minutes and he's basically just played the fr- the the starting 11 over and over and over. And even Klopp said, once we get into those, you know, to your point, three games in 10 days or whatnot, you'll start seeing all the rest of these guys cycle in. Right. So, I mean, it could also be something that maybe Klopp is saying, let's put the pedal to the floor. Let's win every game right now. Build a, you know, five, 10 point lead atop the table by November and then we can start subbing guys in. Yeah. It, it, I, I think that was the approach last year as well. And it and worked. Year, and also the year before. Yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good starting 11. So assuming that Tiago was injured and that's why he wasn't there, what would you have changed in the formation if you had Tiago healthy um, in today's so, formation? Okay. So unfortunately, I would have put F- Fabinho on the bench. Oof. Um, I would have had Tiago, Keita, and... Actually, you know what? Maybe maybe I go for Fabinho, Keita, and um, Tiago. Tiago. Yeah, yeah, and put Genie on the bench. And if Hendo comes back, does Hendo take anyone's spot? Yes, he takes Fabinho's. You think so? For now, until Fabinho gets into some some type of rhythm, because until he went into it, it, until he played as 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 a defender he was out of rhythm since he came back from injury last season it's yeah, true because he had a really good game yeah before he went to injury last year he was the, the best, best midfielder the best holding midfielder in the world bar none right and it, and it wasn't a debate it was like the van dyke best defender in the world two years ago exactly where anyone who said otherwise clearly didn't know the game or allison best goalkeeper it was it was blindingly obvious he just hasn't seemed to hit that form but I guess I, I kind of feel like if you need to play him a lot to, for him to get back to that form. Yeah, and and I think was it his ankle, or I don't remember offhand. Okay. So yeah, it, those those types of injuries they probably also do take a while to kind of get used to your normal rhythm again. Yeah, it was an ankle injury suffered against Napoli. Ankle, okay. So yeah, potentially it could be that, and we know how he uses ankles very much in tackling. Right. Right. With those long legs, he's always sticking them into places. So it could just be kind of a matter of, of, uh, re, uh, restrengthening it. And maybe that'll make the difference. Or it could be a psychological thing with him, which is the scary part. Right. A lot of guys who've, who've had injuries in their legs as, as football players, um, you know, they're more hesitant with, with their, you know, livelihood as it, as it was. So hopefully it's not that. But if it is, I, th- I think Klopp has a sports psychologist on staff. <laughs> so uh, any final thoughts on the game? Who was your man of the match? 
you know, it's a tough one because they all they like you said, it was it was all very it was it was a strictly business game, and they all they all brought their eight to the table. Um, but if I were to give it to one player, I would have to say. I'd have to say Sadio Mane, but it's not a sip. Yeah, he scored the goal, but he didn't do anything else extraordinary except just being really good. Um, but it was just it was it was it was a complete team game today. So that's Agreed. I would so I would say um, I would put Sadio Mane second. I would say Allison first. That's fair. just because the individual, um, the individual effort of stopping a breakaway is essentially like getting a goal so you could give him one or two goals today so that would have and and also just the way he controls his half you know when we're pushing so far up um and they make that long pass it's just it's fantastic to see a guy who thinks he's gotten past the defense and he's not going to beat allison to the ball right right so i i give it to him also in in desperate hopes that he you know, using last week's game and this week's game is going to get back to the lofty heights that he had a year or two ago. Yeah, and hopefully, whatever that injury was that he has is is truly behind him. And, and, and at the start of the game, I did sense it looked as if maybe he wasn't kicking properly, but maybe I was I was overanalyzing. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely the technique is there. So making himself big, uh, positional, knowing when to come out, all that. Um, and he was quick off the line. He was good with his feet. He didn't terrify me like Kepa terrified Chelsea last week with passing it out at the last minute. He he was, you know, a lot safer with it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping if he comes back to his lofty standards, if uh, which which he see, maybe seems to be, if uh, if Gomez reaches midseason form at the beginning of the season, if uh, Fab gets back into his best uh, midfielder in the world. This is a team that's going to do some things. So who from this lineup do you think plays on Thursday against Arsenal in the League Cup? Ooh, good question. Um, so I assume we're not talking the subs. We're talking the starting 11? Yes. No, Nobody. Give them all a seat. No, but what do you think Klopp will do? Do you think he'll play Van Dijk again? Um, I don't know. He seems to play Van Dyke even in those games. It's true. I I wonder if he'll say no to it. I think he'll give Van Dyke a break because he knows that he already gave Van Dyke a game last week, a midseason, a midweek game last week. So if he's going to choose someone, I wonder if he'll choose uh, Gomez. Ooh, that's risky. You know what? It's risky, yes. But then in another way, I wouldn't mind seeing Gomez play the role of big brother. Right, I mean, he's going to have a player there who's going to look up to him. So let's see what Gomez is made of when he doesn't have Van Dijk barking at him. So in terms of what Klopp would do, I think Van Dijk is playing. Hmm. And I would even suggest that maybe Fabinho is playing as well. Because on Sunday against Aston Villa, maybe Fabinho won't play. Right, if Thiago comes back in, right. Fabinho will, will get the break. Otherwise, I don't. Yeah, I don't see anybody else on this team starting that game. Well, I mean, Minamino and Jota are playing for sure. I would think. Yeah, probably also Rigi. Yeah, but I just mean guys that appeared today. Oh, I see. Okay. So, Milner as well, possibly. I'm. I was surprised that he didn't play last week. 
Yeah. But again, you know, he's Milner. So if you're going to play someone, you play the kids who need the experience. Milner's Milner's the kind of guy who doesn't have to play for like three months and then will come in at top form. True. So, which is, which is what a, what a fabulous uh, luxury to have, eh? Yeah. When, when he joined Liverpool, I would not have thought he, he would become this much of an icon with the club. I thought maybe after a couple of seasons, he'll, he'll, he'll get sold. But he has really, he has really become a, he's become an icon for this team. You know, good for him for signing a contract extension. Hopefully he'll, he'll win back to back titles and his name will be etched in memory. Well, good for him. But also I, I do love the way Klopp uses him because Klopp brought him on today because Sabalos was doing a little bit too much. Right. And it looked like he was there to be the burrow to Sabalos' messy. <laughs> Like, like you could tell he was sent there and his instructions were as simple as you don't let this guy do what he's been doing. And, and you could just see it in where he was positioning himself on the field. He was going to make sure that Sabalos wasn't going to, um, wasn't going to continue, you know, the, the, I don't want to call them impressive long balls, but he was, he was, you know, causing us some headaches with his play. So, uh, kudos to to Klopp for seeing that and making the decision and kudos to Milner for being the guy who comes in and knows exactly how to stop him. Cause after he came in, Sabalos did nothing. So um, before we wrap up, just a random question about Arsenal, who from their starting lineup would you take if you had to take two players to, to start for Liverpool? So you had to take two of their 11. I have to take two. You have to take two. So the obvious one. There's no obvious one. Obama Young? No. He's no, not you, obvious. Sure he is. I mean, who else is there on that team? So, okay. So to clarify, if I had to make a starting 11 with no restrictions, I'd just take the Liverpool starting 11. <laughs> the issue yeah. is if I have to take two, right. then it's really more a matter of who do I take off on Liverpool? I guess you take Aubameyang off, but who do you take off for Liverpool? You can take off Firmino. But I don't feel like Aubameyang plays that link-up role. I know, but you have to take two, right? So You'd he... basically be playing the game with three individual strikers up front. who and, you'd, and, have, uh... you'd have like Salah and Mane playing together with a guy in the middle who doesn't even want to pass to them. With but... uh, Thiago feeding them. Not bad. <laughs> Yeah. It, okay. But then, so, okay. So he's the number one. Who's number two? I guess you have to take Sabalos. He played well. He was probably yeah. the most imp- impressive player, but again, I don't really want to. <laughs> maybe we should save that for a hypothetical podcast. Yeah, maybe we should. I mean, oh, geez. That's actually a really good question. If you had to take two other players, <laughs> who would it be? I. I just, I don't know. Like, again, uh, Aubameyang, obviously the skill, and Sabalos was probably the best in terms of, of how he looked. I think that's it. I think those are the two. We're not talking about Liverpool's starting 11 every game. However, if we were to take two of the players to start a game for Liverpool, maybe a one-off game for Liverpool, I'd say Aubameyang and um, Sabalos. Yeah, I guess that's got to be it. I can't think of anybody else. Nobody I'll be else honest. Comes close. I, I was I was thoroughly 
unimpressed. And again, I think a big part of that was the coaching decision. They they weren't going to challenge. They weren't going to they weren't going to try to make it a game. They weren't going to play top six versus top six. They were going to play, you know, sit back, absorb as much as possible, and see if you can get them on the break type play, which I just I don't think Arsenal is play is built for. So I don't think it showcased anyone well today. For more stories, analysis, and articles, go to the forensichook.com website. <laughs>